Hey, it's Karen here. I'm the founder and owner of Bed and Breakfast Academy. Welcome to this first episode of the B&B Academy podcast. For the past 15 years, I've worked with hundreds of aspiring B&B owners, guiding them in how to set up, buy, run and market their own B&Bs. Of course, I wouldn't have been able to do this without having run my own successful award-winning B&B for 17 years. But for me, it's never really been about the awards. It's been about creating a wonderful guest experience and giving my guests happy memories they'll treasure for life. Many people take my training courses wanting to learn about the practicalities of setting up a B&B. How many sausages do you serve for breakfast? And can you give the guests a G&T on arrival? But running a B&B is much more than the practicalities of creating a beautiful B&B and an amazing breakfast. It's a people business unlike any other. So in this podcast, I promise to talk through some of the practical stuff, but I also go in depth about how to keep your customers happy and how you can stay happy as a B&B owner. I truly believe you can't have a happy customer without a happy B&B owner and vice versa. I plan this first podcast to be an introduction to me and to Bed and Breakfast Academy. But I thought a much better way would be to introduce you to one of my star students who has just set up an amazing B&B, The Corner Broadstairs. In this episode, Claire Byrne tells me all about her journey with her husband, Phil, to set up a B&B and how my online course has helped her. When you're ready to set up your own B&B, you'll find details of my B&B course at bnbacademy.co.uk. Enjoy the episode. So I'm joined here this morning by Claire, Claire Byrne, who has just opened the corner in Broadstairs. I keep wanting to call it the Cornerstones, Claire. It's actually the Corner Broadstairs. The Corner Broadstairs. That's actually the title. Yeah, Corner Broadstairs Boutique Bed and Breakfast. Oh, fantastic. And can you tell us, well, I was just a bit more of an introduction. So Claire, I I started the online B&B course. I launched it in August of 2020 and we had 16 people join us on in that initial launch and Claire was one of those 16. So thank you for joining me today Claire it's uh, really great that you're you're doing this for me so I am very grateful for that. I appreciate you're very busy at the moment so I appreciate you carving some time out. So could you tell me how how's it going? Okay so it's going very well at the moment it's early days obviously we have just launched or starting to launch I'd say I'm doing it in two stages July really has been the whole month for taking in a few guests very very slowly testing we've had some friends we've had some acquaintances as well as guests so we've had a real mixture of people and for the whole month of July really it has been our test and learn type month because we just wanted to you know one start to get a little bit of a feel of it for ourselves because obviously being a new venture and also to get very very valuable feedback from the people staying to obviously give us that little launch into August when hopefully the website will go live our own booking platform will go live and then we will uh, move on through August hopefully still going slowly slowly because obviously I'm a firm believer that we want to obviously build something to last so and I think it's the type of business it's going to be very word of mouth driven as well Mm -hmm. Uh, I think the guest experience is going to be critical to us so we're obviously wanting to go fairly slow to sort of gradually start building that up so that's where we are so it's st- we're very much at the starting point of it <laughs> so what sort of are you talk about the guest experience being critical what sort of b&b have you created what sort of experience are they will your okay. guests enjoy yeah. we've gone for a we, we, we kind of crafted very much a boutique b&b and i think um, often boutique is very much an overused word sometimes mm-hmm. um, but we really did spend a lot of time really thinking about what we wanted our you know b&b to be like and we really have pushed it towards a more luxurious end so you know the quality of everything that we do is is going to be critical to that service so we're really going for luxury we're catering for adults and, and actually that's a chosen you know something that we've specifically chosen to do not because we don't like children we absolutely adore children but we believe that we're in the time of our life and with what we wanted to create create we wanted to make more of a haven for people to come and actually to really get that relaxation that luxury the comfort and actually to just really be able to step out of their normal lives and have that moment of kind of a breakaway and peace etc so we've really been trying to drive that and I think the other part of our decision to do that was one it 
was going to suit us to work that way but also as well when you look at a market that you know we're in there is lots of bed and breakfasts around it's a seaside town so there is lots of um opportunities and there's lots of different kind of offerings out there that actually the one area that maybe there wasn't so much of was the more luxurious so hence that's you know one of the reasons why we really wanted to have that point of difference so I think because we worked on the house we previously had bought the house to renovate it obviously with a B&B in mind although it's taken us very many years to do that it's, overall the project's been going now for five years wow. um, but because we've been going through the renovation of the house it gave us an opportunity to really think about the house and how we wanted it to be so I think it's been very lovingly restored because we really have taken our time over and we really have kind of tried to pay tribute to the Victorian nature of the house, mm -hmm. but also bringing in that sort of luxury, a little bit of heritage, a little bit of modern modernity to it so that we've really tried to create an eclectic mix of things. And, and I feel that what we've kind of ended up with is something which is really, really super comfortable. And yeah, it's, we're getting very good feedback at the moment anyway from anybody, everybody who's been visiting. So that's, that's where we are. That sounds fabulous. So how many rooms do you have? Three bedrooms, all double. Um, they're all double bedrooms with their own en-suites. Two of them have got en-suite rooms with walk-in showers, rain showers. And then one of them's got an en-suite bathroom, which has got roll-top bath and a walk-in shower. So, and they're all of a double size, all with king size. And then obviously we've kind of done the rooms as luxurious as we can and really thought about everything that a customer might want while they stay. So we've kind of really put in lots of um, additional things into the rooms like coffee machines. Obviously we put in espressos. We've made sure they've got everything in there, little mini fridges with all of the kind of fresh pieces in there, as well as things like iron, irons and ironing boards, hair dryers, everything that you might want. I mean, lots of people travel with those things, but if you've forgotten, them at least they're there <laughs> yeah that sounds like you thought about everything thought about this very carefully yeah, yeah we you, said, your course helped with that oh, good, good. <laughs> That's good to hear. really helped with that because at the stage when I came on the course we were starting to think about what that guest experience was um, and actually starting to think about the things that we we should be you know building in and, and at least giving some consideration to so the course helped us so and when I say us it's obviously a project that's been ongoing for me and my husband so his name's Phil as, as you know but for everybody else and so we've been working on it together although I've been the front person for all the course workers we've been working through it yeah I don't think I've actually ever seen Phil I think you might have walked past in the background on one of our zoom calls but he walked past with a paintbrush in hand yeah <laughs> He's been, he's been the chief painter of the house. <laughs> yes, I was never sure whether it was Phil or a rather a rather handsome decorator you had that. <laughs> yeah. um, you, you talked about July being a month of getting a feel for running it. What's what? I guess what's your impression been of running it in July? Have you have you had any sort of learning points? Um, I think it's. <laughs> First of all, we've thoroughly enjoyed it. So that was the, the positive thing. You know, it really has. <laughs> With the first one, obviously, there's always that little bit of trepidation. The first guests would come in. Um, and actually, the very first guests that we had were not that well known to us. So, you know, again, it was a good way to start. It was somebody that I had had some... Um, kind of contact with through a work perspective, but obviously did know very little about them, never have met a husband, etc. So it was a little bit of an unknown entity. So we was a little bit nervous, as one would expect, but actually at the end of it, it was a bit of a, a moment like that when we went, wow, that was really good fun and we really thoroughly enjoyed it. So, you know, that was a good thing. For what we've been learning, I think it's more the operational side of things that is, is probably what we've been trying to sort of cement is how we work together, how we move around each other, how the kitchen works, you know, so that we're not always crossing over each other, so that we, we kind of have a routine that both of us can operate but comfortably side by side as, as we work through the day and into the evening or whatever. Okay. So, yeah, so operationally, I think it's it's been really good. It's given us lots of opportunity after everyone's left. We've said, okay, how did that feel for you? How did that feel for you? You know, what worked well? What did you find awkward? And so we've always done a little brainstorm together at the end mm -hmm. of it when they've left, so, which has been super helpful. And then obviously we've said, right, that works. Let's not change that. But next time let's try, you know, try x y or z and you know so we've used it as a little bit of a learning curve for ourselves really apart from that i think the learnings that we we're also gaining is literally dealing with each individual customer because every customer is going to be quite different and everybody's going to have a different you know like you know the body language how chatty people are 
how quiet they are. I mean, we had one lady who was really loving the lounge and every time I walked in, I felt like I was, because she was almost in a meditative state. She was sitting there, she was relaxing. She said to me, she felt it was very spa-like and she was just enjoying the quiet time. So I became quite conscious that actually I didn't want to go bounding in the door and say, oh, how are you? Do you know what I mean? So I had to kind of tailor a little bit. So just getting used to each individual customer really, which is, you know, is, is a great side to it, but that's obviously the nice thing about getting to meet so many different people. Yeah, and yeah. I think that, that is certainly one of the key skills of a B&B owner is sort of, it's that sort of empathy really, isn't it? It's being able to understand what each customer wants and yeah. and not just give them the, the same experience and the same spiel, but pick up, as you, as you say, does she, does she want to sit in the lounge and relax or does she actually want to sit and chat and, and yeah. find out all about the area and you and things? And people do do differ significantly in my experience anyway so yeah certainly we've found that so far just going through the month of July we've had you know very very chatty people that just you know really wanted to almost have a little bit more of a social chat for some of them it's their first time of coming out and doing something after Covid so you know the fact is you know we're still kind of being very very cautious of that but for some people this is their first kind of excursion and they a lot of them have said oh how nice is it just to be able to sit quietly and actually have a conversation with people <laughs> you know I mean? where they might not have been able to do that so yeah it, it, it's, it's it's had lots of positives yeah. I must say I'd almost forgotten about Covid there so it's, it is it is um, one of the most difficult times to set up a B&B isn't it so. yeah yeah, it certain, certainly added to the longevity of the project, I think. You know, there's several things in there, which, you know, but I'm a firm believer that when the time is right, the time is right, and what's meant to be will be type thing. So mm. actually, each one of those maybe slight delays in the process have kind of come with some real positives. It's given us more time. It's given us more time to kind of concentrate on one area of the business or to take some time for ourselves, which we might have needed. So each time, you know, you just absorb what comes and um, yeah when the time's right it all comes into action <laughs> fabulous I'm, I'm a great believer in that too so that's fabulous you talked about the roles that you and phil had and that sort of dancing around the kitchen together for breakfast time and that sort of stuff have you have you got clearly defined roles or, or is it quite i think there are, there are certain elements which are very clearly defined so for instance at breakfast i do the cooking mm-hmm. bill is not um, somebody who enjoys the cooking side of things so i'm in the kitchen and i am cooking so he tends to do a little bit more of the front of house at breakfast so as much as i come in i might say good morning once i'm then into the kitchen i'm you know busy preparing food and he kind of has a little bit more of the sort of conversational side of it with the guests and that suits him down to ground because he actually loves you know chatting and spending time with people so that really suits him and I'm in my happy place in the kitchen busy so that's that kind of is and in the kitchen then you come in and he's kind of preparing like things like the teas and coffees um, and taking that out to the guests so he's kind of doing that side of things and he helps by doing the toast when the time's right and all of those types of things so that he can then bring that out and serve Mm-hmm. Uh, we are doing a full service breakfast it was a decision that we made that we wanted it to be quite luxurious so we're doing the, you know white tablecloth white linen um, and it is a breakfast menu that actually is you know fully served to the table so that's been working quite well and then apart from that I think our roles kind of we do just move around each other like the welcome it's both of us and you know it's nice to meet and greet the people together and and then I think apart from that we just we do we keep it a little bit more fluid of course in the back of the shop type thing um, yeah. set, um set jobs you know we work together on things like changeovers and changing the rooms but and then I might do a little bit more of the sort of house housekeeping type stuff while Phil's taking care of the outside the garden you know the car park mm-hmm. that type of thing so we've kind of divided things a little bit to suit what each of us kind of you know gets more enjoyment from really no it sounds excellent sounds like sounds like you've got a great team working there <laughs> Early days. Let's hope. <laughs> I think. I think my feeling is is the important thing is to be is to be flexible and adaptable. Yeah. Um, sometimes I have people come on the course and they have very rigid ideas of the roles they're going to be on, and then they find out that one person's doing much more work than the other. And it sounds like you sort of sounds you you, you seem to be quite fluid in the roles and 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 deciding what's working and what's not. So uh, you know, it's it's. So I can see great things for you going forward. There's lots of things that we kind of do together. I mean, even when we clean down the rooms, we start off together. You know, Phil's got his areas that he likes to do. He's, you know, he likes to 
kind of come in and do some things and I'm concentrating on the bathroom because, you know, I'm happier there, you know, giving that really deep clean type thing. So we kind of, you know, as even in the room changer, we've found ways that, you know, we we can both work side by side. And then when we completed it, you know, we'd both take it in turns to go in and do a room check and just check that we've, you know, we're happy with everything. So oh, yes, yeah, working well. And it sounds like if there were a sort of a situation where you suddenly weren't there, Phil could take over and do it all and yes, vice yes, versa. Exactly, and... Yeah, I mean, the only, the only thing I think would be the breakfast cooking. You know, um, that's the only area I think that, you know, Phil probably wouldn't want to, you know, um, tackle as such. But outside of that, I think everything else is we are very flexible with. Yeah. You have to give him some emergency poached egg lessons. Yeah. <laughs> the dreaded poached egg. Yeah. Well, you laugh about that one. I will tell you a little story on that because the poached eggs has been one of the things for months I've been practicing poached eggs, getting myself a little bit flustered because they weren't coming out. <laughs> sometimes they would, sometimes they wouldn't. Anyway, I finally got a, a, a process which was really working for me and I've really fine-tuned these poached eggs and I'm like feeling really, yay, I can do these poached eggs. It's not going to floor me. So in come the first guests. Great. They were really good guests. Poached eggs went out, looked superb. They both commented on them, actually, how lovely they were, and, which was great. And then the next two guests, we had a group of four people that come together. Every one of them asked for a fried egg. The next group after that, they asked for a fried egg. And I was like <laughs> in the kitchen, oh, this has really thrown me. I'm so practiced for the poached eggs. Now I've got to do four well actually it was like because I was having double eggs some of them it was like almost eight eggs I was trying to fry and I realized I only have one frying pan oh, no. <laughs> I hadn't prepared for that one yeah. So, um, yeah so anyway little things like that it's all good fun yes yeah yeah I don't I, I funny I've, I've got poached eggs down to a tea but fried eggs I don't I don't eat eggs myself so it's it's always been an issue with me do, do people want them crispy or do they like them sort of yeah. slowly cooked or don't, don't get me started on eggs <laughs> I do a very healthy version of a fried egg so it might not suit everyone so moving on a bit can you tell me why you wanted to set up a and b and, and why Broadstairs okay so I suppose this is a long story really so I'm going to keep it as short as I can okay I think um, why did it why I suppose well 30 plus years ago I think um, I already in my mind knew that one day I wanted to live by the sea so I've had a long-term ambition of wanting to eventually live by the sea and I've also always had an ambition to actually run a little business of my own Mm -hmm. and actually even in those very early days I mean I was in my early 20s you know 20s to 30s at that time and one of the things I'd often used to say to my friends you know one day I'd really like to have a little tea shop bake cakes Oh, I'd really like to have a guest house. I'd just like to do something like that. And they used to sort of say, oh, well, maybe one day type thing. So it's always been there. So those two are the, are ambitions of mine. But of course, life doesn't always go completely that way. And quite rightly, there's lots of things you have to do in the meantime. So for 30 years, I ended up working in a corporate company with a very kind of developing career, let's say, which obviously was very time absorbing um, it was a lot of hard work it was quite demanding and the job changed and evolved over 30 years so for me I'd done 30 years of a corporate company whereas Phil my husband had been 40 years with his company so he'd, he'd gone in straight from school and I think it was probably as I was approaching approaching that age of 50 that I started to think to myself you know I really need to think about what the next step is because I can't and I actually said to Phil at the time you know I can't imagine myself doing this for another 10 years it's not going to happen so you know what what is that next stage and I think also along the way there were a few things that happened and I think with the nature of the job we'd already started to realize that we needed to find a way to get more kind of downtime time together so we had started to move towards the coast as in and we bought a little flat to give us weekends away and we used to kind of you know finish in London on a Friday come straight to the coast and it kind of started to evolve from there because we ended up, wasn't maybe where we intended to initially, but we ended up buying our flat in Broadstairs. And as we spent more time here, we actually begin to really fall in love with the seaside town. It's just such a lovely little place that we thought, well, listen, this is the place. We love it. You've always wanted to be by the sea. So why don't we start making that move? So side by side with work for a couple of years, we were sort of like looking at properties, um, finally landed on this property bought it and then started the renovation whilst we were still working and of course one thing a couple of other things happened along the way 
I was poorly for a little bit of it. Then we hit COVID. So lots of those things happened. But eventually I took the leap of faith, as did my husband. And we both took decided that once we got to that age of 55, we took our, um, our opportunity to take early retirement. Um, so we did that and we kind of moved down here, lock, stock and barrel, and um, then put our energies into creating the B&B. So for me, a long-term ambition, but secondly, along the way, it was always seemed to be the right thing to do at the right time. And it was actually really a sort of a lifestyle change, complete lifestyle change for both of us. And also the opportunity that we could actually spend more time together because like for 30 years when you're both working, you're sometimes a bit like, you know, ships that pass in the night. You might see somebody's ones going in, ones going out, don't get to spend as much time as you would like. So it was a good opportunity for us to, you know, have a venture together and actually really get some quality time and enjoy ourselves as well together. Okay. That's, That's why we ended up here. But on the Broadstairs point, we, we didn't have an intention of here because we'd both spent a lot of childhood memories or we both had a lot of childhood memories of certain holidays that we had. And Phil, as a child, always went to Hastings with his um, dad. So that was his sort of annual holidays. And for myself, with my mum, we used to go to Bexhill on Sea, which is in East Sussex. So when we start, first started to think about getting a, a little flat at the time, we automatically went in that direction because that's kind of where we honed to. But we realised quite quickly that it wouldn't work for us at that moment in time because with the commute into London and out and then the drive for a weekend away, it was just that bit too far for us. It was, you know, with traffic and things, it could have taken us up to two hours. So suddenly we, we kind of thought to ourselves, no, this is not really going to work. So let's think about something that's a little bit closer and something we can get to within an hour because that makes it more practical. Mm -hmm. um, so someone said to us, go down to Broadstairs, have a look at Broadstairs, have a look at Margate, have a look at Ramsgate. And so that's how we ended up down here. And it kind of, as I say, we, 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 we ended up down here at weekends and absolutely fell in love with it. So that's, that's where we've stayed. Oh, fabulous. Bit, bit, bit of the countryside I don't know at all, really. So uh, well, I'll have to come down one day and, uh, and have a look. I did one day from university. We did go on a um, hot day. We went and sat on the beach in Hastings. But uh, oh, yes. my uh, only experience of the South Coast. So. Yeah. Broadstairs is lovely because it's still very, very... It, it's changed, I'm sure, over the years, but it's still quite a quaint seaside town. It's mm. like, they say, you know, it's quite quintessential. It's got lots of heritage through Dickens and it's actually the beaches are beautiful but actually it still holds on to that sort of smaller seaside feel lots of independent shops lots of independent cafes restaurants there's very little chain you know within the town so it's really got that nice little feel yeah and lots of sort of boutique sort of um, arty type shops as well which is lovely okay so a good combination of sort of visiting a nice town and having the beach there as well so. yeah. yeah exactly you kind of get a nice mix of things yeah and nice countryside around there? Yeah, very nice. There is countryside as well, actually, which is quite surprising. You only need to go step out of, you know, Broadstairs into sort of the part of Kent and you, you feel like you're in the Kent countryside. Literally within 10 minutes, you can be within amongst fields and things. There's quite a lot of coastal trail, which goes along the coast, but it also takes you inland to a lot of the small, tiny um, Kent villages as well. So that's that's quite nice. Yeah. Garden of England, Kent, isn't it? Yes. Yes, they do say that, yes. <laughs> Uh, well that's lovely so it gives me a good idea of, of why you wanted to set up so move on to the course a bit now if you don't mind yeah uh, so we were you were one of the well you were on the first uh, launch of the online course so thank you very much for that what made you decide to take a course rather than sort of just setting up yourself without any sort of outside help um I suppose fundamentally I would think about it I had an ambition and we both had an ambition of what we wanted to do but I think you know we're both sort of older and wise enough to know that actually not everything is always quite as easy as it looks because you know some people might think oh it's that's really easy to run a little bed and breakfast you know it has that appeal to people because of that sort of lifestyle choice but I was very conscious that there's probably an awful lot more to it and actually it was important that we actually went into it with very clear glasses um, and not need little rose tinted ones. So I thought by, by doing the course, it would actually open us up and show us much more of what running a bed and breakfast was. And I thought that was really, really important. So it's all almost like, you know, you've got this ambition, you've got this vision of it, but what is the reality of it? And I think for us, it was making sure that we were, you know, very aware of, of, of the reality side of it and also the help that we needed to be able to get to the point 
of you know being able to open really the doors so I guess it's, it's quite interesting I, I was I'm, I'm doing I'm taking a, a training program at the moment and one of the things he he analogy he used was it, it's like if you want to learn to swim and someone gives you, you don't, you've never been in the water before and someone gives you a book on swimming and you learn all about the theory and then you go and go into a pool can you swim no <laughs> <laughs> So the idea is, is is you have a coach and a training instructor who perhaps he walks you through swimming. And yeah. as you say, you know, a lot of people, you, you can stay at a B&B, but it's not actually until you're running one yourself. I think you probably find that in, in the last month, haven't you? It's, yes, totally, yeah. It's very different from a customer perspective than it is to actually running it yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah very different. So how would you say the course has helped you? Oh, gosh, the whole course was just absolutely um, phenomenal, really, for us. I think... It really, really helped us cement, obviously, what our plans were and actually helped us really shape the nature of our B&B. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, at the beginning, when I was talking to you a little bit about what we've created, I don't know that we necessarily would have honed in on everything that we've done without having done the course. Because really, I think the course really helped me for fundamentally putting let's say a blueprint in place, you know, actually to get it on paper and to really blueprint it down. So the first lot of modules that you did, which were the setting up modules, I think one to seven, they were just absolutely phenomenal for me. So the whole part of really thinking about what makes a good B&B, what makes a good B&B owner, be clear on what your goals are and why you're doing it. All of that section has just been the Bible for me throughout the, the rest of the course in a way, and also now. Mm -hmm. ultimately identifying those things and really kind of tuning in on those working on what was right for us what we were trying to create how we wanted our life to be what what we was willing to do and what we was not willing to do type thing helped us shape what the b&b is and and i think there's been stages all the way along where you sometimes get a little bit of a oh but we could be doing that or oh but yeah why don't we do that why are we only taking adults why don't we and actually when there's those questions that come in either from ourselves or from other people actually to go back sometimes and really think okay so fundamentally why are we doing this and what are we creating it helped pulls us back each time so for me Um, And I didn't expect that going into the course because my mind, when I went onto the course, in my mind, I was thinking I need to know about the legalities. I need to know how I do certain things. I need to know what is expected. I hadn't given a consideration at that point that there was a step before that, which was really thinking about what is it that you are doing and why are you doing it? So for me, that was a kind of almost um, suddenly this awareness was there that actually I think it had such an impact on me that it stayed with me all the way along and I still even refer to it now. <laughs> the avatars, building the customer avatars, really thinking about you know the types of customers that you're appealing to and then going one step further and thinking about, okay, so if that's the customer, what are they looking for? How are you going to meet their needs? So once you've fine-tuned where you're coming from, where the customer's coming from, then you start to end up with this sort of ideal kind of scenario and actually that in in essence has been fundamental as we've been setting up so for that side of it it was for me it was absolutely perfect and I don't think I would have got to that if I hadn't have been led to it because I think my mind would have automatically gone on to the practicalities of okay so what have I legally got to do what have I got to apply for what have I got to buy what have I got to you know all those types of things which are the much more sort of practicals without doing that fundamental part of the beginning Mm. So for me, that was just, that, 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 that was perfect. But going into the course, I have, wasn't aware that I was going to get that moment of kind of, you know, awareness. <laughs> yeah, really good. That's really good to hear because I, I, I think when I first set up the course, 2006, at the classroom course, it was very much around the, the legalities and the practicalities and, you know, how many sausages to cook for breakfast. And I think we all, we still cover all that, don't we? And the, and the, the, the processes and, you know, the before guests arrive and the booking process and what to do when they're there and what to do when they're left. And so we walk through those, but it sort of evolved very much for me in the last uh, 15 or so years is, is that my real aim for the goal uh, for the course is, is that people uh, such as yourselves are actually happy running the B&B, yeah. meet your aspirations. And 
And I think that's where that, that the initial module is really about getting very clear on why you're doing it and what you're doing in and the different ways you can run a B&B. So you talked about deciding not to take anyone under sort of the age of 18 and because that changes very much the type of B&B you run, doesn't it? As, as you said, you've sort of made it as a, as a very calming adult only place um, where it would be a very different experience for you and your guests if you were, if you were focusing on the family friendly. Yeah, exactly. And I think being very clear on that then does really help as you as you're going. And also, it's, it's such an important checkpoint because there are times when you think, oh, maybe we should do this, and then you think, oh, actually, no. Why are we doing that? It's not, you know, don't put ourselves under that added pressure. What we're actually creating is right for the customers that we want to attract to our business. So, yeah. and actually, if they come to the business, we want them to be super happy and we believe everything that's in place is going to make them very, you know, the type of avatars that we picked, you know, they, they might not be so happy if they checked in and, you know, quite rightly, there was some children running around or, do you know what I mean? they would have not maybe chosen that environment for that weekend break or that celebration. So it's, you know, everyone will pick, pick, pick a place to suit the needs for that particular event that they're doing. Yeah. So I think it's important that we really maintain that. I think you're yeah, right. Very much so. It's just having that why there to keep coming back to the why, if you ever get a bit of a wobble about something, you know, it's, it, it, it happens with me and the uh, the online travel agencies. I, I would often have a bit of a wobble. Maybe I'd get a, a, best, a few more bookings if I use the OTAs. But but no, actually, why why what's my p- purpose for running a B and B, and how does using the OTAs fit with that? And it doesn't. And it, it keeps yeah. you firm. And it keeps you going straight. Yeah, and that's exactly what we've done because our plan is is to really do our own marketing through the website, through our social platforms. Mm. Uh, but we want it to grow slowly. You know, we're not interested in necessarily having lots of volume, you know, straight up through the door, in which case if we were, and if we needed to do that, then the online travel agents would probably be the avenue. But because we're not, we want people to come, have a really nice time, that word of mouth, there go off. In fact, we've just taken a book in this week from word of mouth from one of our earlier bookings. And she posted um, a picture while she was here on Instagram and one of her best friends has now kind of booked in. So it's that type of thing that I think that we want to just gradually build it. So for us, you know, we're, we're doing everything direct. Also as well, it keeps it all a little bit within our control. And actually, you know, we are, can control it a little bit more. We can close off when we need to. We can give ourselves a bit of time, a bit of space. And both of us having gone through, you know, like 30, 40 years of working in corporate companies where, you know, it's, go 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 all the time actually we don't want that anymore you know we're looking to you know give a really really nice customer experience a really nice customer service really enjoy what we're doing but also to give us that sort of nice life balance which maybe we were without for so long so really important to us I think because one of the things you, you know you were talking about one of the reasons for doing it was spending more time together as a couple and, and having a bit more free time and that flexibility and and I think sometimes people will start up a B&B and sort of not sort of forget that almost and start working towards that we've got to be full all the time we've got to use the OTAs and so it sounds like uh, you've got a really good plan in place for maintaining the life balance yeah and it was but it's again i go back to the course because it was the course that started to cement that for us yeah i mean without that i don't know that we would have quite got there i think we would have kind of done a little bit of something and then probably teaked away from it and then realized at a later date actually that wasn't a great choice we shouldn't have done that or that wasn't the ideal thing to do so i do think for us it, it the course really did help us shape that as well or give us more confidence to believe that's the right thing for us do you know what I mean? So I suppose it's more of a confidence builder as well. That actually you don't have to be, you know, opening your doors to everybody. It's actually okay to say, no, actually, you know, the people that are going to like what we're offering is maybe a smaller segment of people, but actually those people are going to thoroughly enjoy it. And actually to have the confidence to kind of, you know, stand with that conviction in, in a way and, and run with it. So that's where the course has really helped. Yeah. And it, it is, I, I do find that, that people are, generally quite nervous about doing that niche marketing and feeling like they have to appeal to everybody and actually by appealing to everybody you end up appealing to far fewer people and I always use the example of of children of uh, taking children so a lot of people say feel like they have to accept everybody you know babies and children of all ages and actually by taking children you're automatically excluding a whole load of people 
who want what you're offering in terms of that the, the, the relaxation and the adult only and the calming. And quite often in my experience, it's people who have children at home and have left them with family for the weekend and just want a bit of private time and yeah. then don't want to be around someone else's children. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, if you've booked a nice weekend or, you know, it might be, you know, birthday celebration, anniversary, or just actually, you know, we've, you know, we've had a rough time. We just want some chill out time together yeah. to actually then go actually put all your arrangements in place for your own children to, to sort of check in somewhere and then have others is, is probably not going to tick the box for them. So yeah, that's, you know, quite right. We, that's, that's really, you know, our conviction on it and um, we shall just see how it goes, but we believe that it is definitely the right thing for the customer, but it's also the right thing for us. So I think the two things will marry up really well. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. So this is, probably a, a difficult question for you to answer but you once said to me that you actually enjoyed the online nature of the course and you couldn't actually imagine taking the classroom course could you tell me a bit more about that okay so because I never had the I suppose the opportunity of doing the classroom course it's like an unknown entity to me so again it's it works a little bit on what you might perceive that to be like as opposed to the reality of what you've experienced so for me the online course was just perfect because ultimately all of that information was there. All of that information had been collated. I was in control of the speed that I worked through it. I was in control of how I worked through it. I was very much in control of, I wanted to spend longer on a module, I could. And actually I, I could literally take my way myself through that course. And not only that, the time constraints were taken away. You could really just absorb into it and spend some time really thinking about it and actually then moving on when you was ready. Whereas I feel that if I was in a classroom course, I wouldn't have had that pleasure because in a classroom course, you've got two days and you're covering an awful lot of information. And I quite probably appreciate at the end of that two day course, the people went away armed with lots of pamphlets, lots of workbooks and lots of information that they could refer to but for me when you're learning and when you're taking yourself through something like that to actually do it in that sort of real time and to actually take your time with it and to think about it to sit down and do the exercise it kind of worked so for me the online course was super perfect I didn't feel at the end of a, a two-day course oh my god my head's like oh I've got so much to think about and oh where am I what am I going to do next because I was doing it over a course of days and weeks and into months and actually even now can still refer back to that course and still go back in and check things out go and you know investigate something if a query comes up in my mind for me it was just a perfect scenario it really was for, for me that the online course I think and as I say it's a perceptive thing because I've never done the online course sorry the in, in classroom course hmm. but for me I can't imagine how I would have kind of worked my way through it and come to so many of the conclusions that I did do if I was trying to kind of you know get my brain into gear over that sort of like let's say 48 hours yeah um, really so. good impression of how people look after the at the end of the classroom course on the Sundays like oh we didn't sleep last night we're just so much thought going on I think you're you're right that the classroom course is very intensive and for the best will in the world you're just not going to absorb all of the information so I throw a load of information at people, but you're just not going to absorb it in those two days, which I think, as you said, with the online course, it allows you to, to absorb it over, over, over time and focus on the bits. Because interestingly, in, in, with the, the other 15 people who signed up for the online course at the same time as you did, there were a couple, I think, so I've, I've got a dog growling next, <laughs> next oh, to me. Yeah. It's not my tummy, it's actually the dog. Where was I? So yeah, so we had some people on, on that launch who were just who had actually just bought a B and B and were just about to start, whereas you were 12 sort of behind them, really. And my experience of the classroom course is is if you've got people at different stages, people have got different questions and different focus. So them for them it would have been far better, I guess, to go to the later modules in the course, that you know, the the actual day-to-day running and yeah. the processes and that. Whereas uh, for you, you were able to start at the beginning without getting distracted by that. Mm-hmm. But how many sausages do you serve for breakfast question, I think. And I think that's quite right, but that it takes it back that it gives you or the person taking the course online puts them in more control. Do you know what I mean? They are more in control of it. So actually you know, you can sort of go to the modules, which 
possibly if you're just about to open would be relevant to you. But actually, there's nothing then stopping you to go back and, you know, re-going over some of the early ones as mm. you're fine-tuning and things. But I just think that level of control is, is, is really good with online, with online course. So I think, you know, and, and the fact that you can always tap into it, you know what I mean? It's there, you've got your login, the fact that you can go in. So, you know, we might have had a busy day painting, decorating or whatever. And then I might have said to myself, right, I'm going to have two hours this evening and I'm going to home in on a module. So the fact that you could go in at any time, you could fix it in and work it around other things you're doing. It's just so it's good to hear. So one of the one of the concerns people have, I think, about the online training is not having that one-to-one discussion so actually being around other people who are starting up or actually being able to ask me questions how did you find that um I can't say that it was ever a concern for me because you know we used to have the calls where we have a, whether they'd be one-to-one or sometimes they were group calls depending on who could join at different times so I thought that you know the way that you managed that course there was always that opportunity for that face time and for pertinent questions plus you know you was always very accommodating that if there was something burning we could drop you an email or drop you a, a question or put a post it actually more importantly the way that the course worked there was the points where you could post a question at the end of a module or you know you could sort of come in with a comment at the end of a module or feedback at the end of a module so there was lots of opportunities of actually you know putting it out there to get the answer that you might have wanted or the clarity that you might have wanted so I didn't feel at all through it that I was missing human contact you know I think we had plenty of contact throughout it and actually the times when we did have contact you know you could get all of those questions out and because sometimes some of them were group calls because other people would have joined as well if they were available to you heard it from another perspective as well and somebody else's questions then sometimes it's quite helpful to you mm. so yeah no honestly I, I having done it I wouldn't have had a concern at all with that yeah. it's funny actually I feel like I know you much better than I know a lot of people who I've met in person <laughs> the classroom course but uh, we've, we've had a we've had a few group calls haven't we and a few one-to-ones as well over zoom and stuff so that's great and there's the uh, facebook group as well of course which oh, yeah. Um, yeah. i think one of the advantages of the facebook group is is you've got the the feedback from other bnb owners because obviously I, I i run the course from my perspective but then you've got all the other bnb owners who who run it and may run their bnbs in different ways and every bnb is unique isn't it yeah it is and, and in a way that gives you your your real life snapshots because actually everyone's running a different style of B&B and everyone's appealing to different clientele and but actually every time someone's in there or posting whether it be a question an answer or whatever you're seeing it from somebody else's perspective and it's all real life stuff so ultimately you, you again you're not just looking at a theory of something you actually are getting into the detail and hearing what people say as as they are operational um, mm. and the problems or the happiness or whatever comes up it's those little moments that you're actually feeling like you're enjoying and and and, and seeing as well which is really important yeah yeah That's brilliant so it's good good to hear that the online course has, yeah. has worked well for you are you also in the bnb marketing membership you joined that as well quite soon yeah, I, did, actually. I joined that obviously after the after going through the course and as we've been getting closer to obviously setting up so I've, I've actually thoroughly enjoyed being part of that and I think I think in a, in a way there was I wouldn't say a challenge but for me um, I think it was finding the the right pace for me because there was so much that I learned so I can't tell you how much I learned and how many things that I've kind of started to put in place but because we wasn't at the point of launching, I couldn't actually put a lot of that operational, mm. whereas other people were putting things operational, which is great. And it's good to see that happening. And you can have a little tinker yourself and you can try something. But I think for me, the benefits of it are going to come probably August, September, October, when we really start to get into sort of driving our business in the way that we want to. So hopefully it's given me a huge grounding to be able to, you know, be able to take action with some of the things that we learn and actually start to put some of those things in place. 
Yeah. But it was also good that actually you had people at different stages because other people are operational already, maybe have been running their businesses for, you know, several years. And actually they're at a stage where they're trying to develop it more, you know, take it in a, a sort of a different direction. You know, social media is all very new for lots of people. So to see other people learning to kind of broach a subject which maybe doesn't feel terribly natural to them, there's, there's lots that you can learn from watching them do that process as well. So all round, everybody's a bit of a win-win situation situation so and it's and it's a very i'll say safe but that sounds funny it's a very welcoming environment that actually you know everybody's at very different levels some people have you know no social media and they know marketing other people maybe have touched on it some people this is completely new but it's actually a really nice kind of supportive group that you know you never feel you know oh my gosh i can't say that or i can't pose that question or you know I think you often say, you know, the silliest questions, which might, you know, you're worried about is never a silly question. You know, you might be thinking, oh, do I sound silly if I ask this question? But no, you won't, because if you don't know it, you don't know it. <laughs> so, and that's what I like about that little group is that it is a real, it's almost like a real little learning group. And everybody's like learning at different paces, at different speeds, but actually everyone's supportive as well, which, you know, is really fundamental. Yeah, that's good to hear. So, yeah, it is that, you know, no, no question is is yeah. too simple. And yeah. I think with quite a few people, there's a, there's a lack of confidence when it comes to marketing and a yeah. lack of trying things out. And I think that's what we try and aim for in the group is to encourage people to try things in a safe environment and give give support. And, and as with the course, I guess all the training modules are there for when you are ready to dive into it as well, aren't they? So... And I think, I think it's a bit like, I didn't actually say it with the course, but also with the marketing group, what fundamentally is a real bonus is actually there is so much information there for you at the tip of your fingers type thing. Mm. Actually, you know, it would take an awful long time as an individual to go about and find the ways, the why fors, the answers, you know, you know, we can all look on Google, we can all ask questions, we can, you know, go on Facebook and ask, you know, business type questions on the business one. But actually, all of that is super time con- timing consuming. So actually, by being either party of the online course or being party of something like the marketing group, it actually is almost bringing a whole directory that's already been all bundled together for you and actually then presented to you in really, really neat modules or units, however you know people like to think of them. But they're all, all neat and the information is there for you. So actually, it's just great because it's it's like, you know, I've got this huge encyclopedia now of things. I haven't got to go out and, and use lots of valuable time in trying to find those answers. So for me, you know, both of the things are, are super, super supportive because when you're setting up a business, you know, I'm sure people that are in there, there's so many things that you are trying to think about and so many things you're trying to do that, you know, time becomes a little bit kind of important. And actually, the thing that then tends to drop off is finding the time to investigate things because actually that takes too long (laughs) so you sometimes then have to go for a quick option and think oh actually I've just got to make a decision so that's my decision whereas actually then you've got actually so much more information there that I think it yeah it's just really super helpful that's good people like yourself who are knowledgeable and having experienced it that you know they are real life situations that you talk about as well in the course or you share with us so all of those things that it's not just a theoretical because we know that you've done it and you've run the business as as with other people on on the sort of marketing group they are live running businesses now so it's all very very valuable insightful information yeah yeah it's learning um, it's learning from people's mistakes isn't it as as well as as what they're doing well and i am more than happy to share all of my mistakes if it, if, if it helps someone not to make the mistake same mistake it's funny what you're saying about google i i always think with google and and quite often i hear people say this is i hadn't even thought to ask that question because mm-hmm. when you're going to google or you're going to a facebook group you have to know what question to ask and I think that's one of the things by doing a course is you can sometimes go through it. Oh, I hadn't even thought about that. And it's a bit like when you were talking about module one, about thinking about the whys and the types of customer and that sort of thing. So brilliant. OK, I think we're coming to the end now. Really useful stuff. And thank you so much for uh, for doing that on this rather muggy Friday morning now. But is there anything else that you'd like to add? No, I don't think so. I think we've covered lots. I mean, you know, <laughs> finish by saying that for me it has been one of the most valuable parts of setting up the business do you know what I mean so 
you know, for me, I can't imagine being in this position, having not kind of either gone through the course or been party to some of the group work that we've done. So, you know, it's been it's been fundamental, really. And, you know, I'm super appreciative of it. And um, I actually think, you know, I would highly recommend it because for me, you know, I wouldn't be where I am now, I don't think, or, you know, I wouldn't have got here quite so easily or so quickly with some of the planning if it hadn't been for the things that we picked up along the way. So, no, thank you. That's brilliant. So, well, thank you very much, Claire. It's been a pleasure working with you. Yes. Um, I shall keep you posted on how we go. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm not, I'm not going to let you escape and <laughs> disappear. <laughs> no matter how busy you get, I shall be hassling you all the time to see how things are going. Uh, so how do people find out about your B&B, Instagram, Facebook? Do you... Yeah, we've got, we've got an Instagram account. We've got a Facebook account. Both of them are under the corner Broadstairs. And we've got the website, which we're kind of working on. I have been working on for, you know, some few months now. But hopefully that should be able to go live. We're thinking towards the very end of this month or the earlier week of August. What's kind of been the holding up point on that is getting the final photo photography and final pictures that we wanted to put on there because we were so busy getting all of the rooms set and done and waiting for final bits of furniture and furnishings to come so that has slowed us down slightly but I think we think it should go live so we'll have our own website which will just be the corner broadstairs and yeah and all the details will be there brilliant and you'll be posting on Instagram and using that as a marketing tool. Yeah. So, I mean, I've got it there, aren't you? But yeah, I've got, I've, I've been, well, we used Instagram and Facebook very much when we started the renovation. So mm. it really started as, as you know, a renovation project. So I started to sort of, you know, play around with it and keep people updated on the renovation and what we were doing. And of course, about a year ago, I started to move it into more of the fact of sharing that we were going to open up as a and b so that was like a little bit of a shift and we were doing quite a lot earlier this year which was great through the marketing group and joining in quite a few different challenges and posting quite a lot but if I'm honest it was brilliant because we're getting so much interest we're getting quite a lot of people signing up we've got quite a lot of people waiting on our newsletters and things now as well but ultimately it was pulling us in a little bit of a direction because you start to feel a little bit like gosh, there's so many people waiting to hear from us. We need to now actually tell them when we're opening. We need to tell them when they can book because we were getting so many messages about, oh, no, when can we book? When can we do that? And actually, it was still a bit of a, a, an indefinite end, really, because we still didn't quite know when we were going to get there. But actually, we decided that, listen, take our foot off the pedal a little bit. Let's put our energies into making sure that the house is 100% finished. We've done our tests. And then we can kind of go a little bit more back into the, to the marketing social side of it. Yeah. So the minute the website is up and running, I will do start the post on posting on and advising everyone, letting everyone know that. And then I'm planning to do a little bit of a kind of A to Z type post of, you know, the corner broadstairs, you know, to gradually drop little bits of information out about obviously what the customer offering is, etc. So, yeah, so I've got lots of things planned and hopefully I can kind of kickstart some of those through August. And and I see it as being into September, October, because actually, you know, we're building something, you know, for longevity, really. We, you know, start to build the work into driving customers in for next year as well. Excellent. Uh, well, that sounds fantastic. I just want to say thank you very much again for your time uh, this morning. No, you're welcome. Thank you. And uh, I look forward to uh, seeing, well, just, I, I know I, I can see, I can see already it's going to be very successful and uh, I think it's going to be a lifestyle you enjoy. So uh, fabulous. Thank you very much, Claire. Okay. Thank you, Karen. Catch up soon. I hope you enjoyed that first episode of the Bed and Breakfast Academy podcast. I've had great fun recording it. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs>